dusty ins, just cause the outs, and let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about. Welcome to A Moment with the Arts. I'm Fergal Curtis. I was delighted to be joined by the co-founders of Sonder magazine, Sinead Creedon and Orla Murphy, ahead of their fifth issue, Indulgence. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, my second A Moment with the Arts in person, which I'm very excited about. I can get very used to um, seeing people in front of me having a chat. And today I'm joined by, well, I'll let you guys introduce yourself. We're Sinead and Orla from Sonder. Sonder. Yeah. <laughs> Sonder. So is it Sonder Magazine or just Sonder? Sonder Magazine. Sonder Magazine. Yeah. So I really wanted to kind of start it off handing the floor over to you guys and going, tell us about the birth of Sonder Magazine. <laughs> like maybe your relationship, how you guys know each other and how that turned into a magazine. Well, we go back like what is it five or six years yeah we worked together doing like fundraising for for a charity um and we just became friends from there and we both had a lot of interest in common stuff we both studied english um i was in iedt and she was in trinity and yeah we've just been friends ever since then and then we both worked together as well in book distribution like we're both very interested in reading okay uh, like we're both big readers and i think i mean for me wanting to set up sander like I'm sure you know yourself like it's so hard to get a job and to gain experience in the arts whereas like Sander was very much gave us everything that we needed or we could Mm. gain experience from that's the same with me with let's talk about the arts that Mm. from saying I'm going to do a podcast doing it it's kind of turned into a career path for me which I didn't expect but without let's talk about the arts I never would have learned any of the skills yeah yeah like it was kind of a case where we just had to make an opportunity for ourselves yeah so like it probably started for very selfish reasons because <laughs> I mean as much as we still gain a lot from doing Sonder like I mm-hmm. think now it's a lot more about the people we're doing it for you know like okay, the readers yeah. and the writers yeah um, but yeah it was because there are so many good literary journals as well in Ireland like there's Banshee and mm-hmm. The Stinging Fly and I had just watched my friend two years ago he had done a, a charity zine called Nothing Substantial and oh, wow. it just seemed like a really fun thing to do and a really excited, yeah. exciting kind of like hub to be a part of. Yeah. So who brought the idea to who? Or she wrote me and Sinead wrote oh, me in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't do okay. this alone. Yeah. <laughs> and why um, Orla then, Sinead? Why you're like, Orla's going to be the one She's who's... my pal. <laughs> we just get along. I feel like... <laughs> I'm really like, oh God. And the Orla's very calm compared okay. to me. Compared to me. Yeah. <laughs> Orla's very calm. So I was like, I need Orla to help to do this with me. Yeah, we were both just kind of interested in the same things and in reading. And whenever we met up, what we would do would be talk about literature and what we studied in college and um, just all the books that we were reading and stuff like that. And then I did a, kind of a little zine in college for our, like me and a few others, like we're the editors of this little zine for okay. the end of our college. And we just got um, everyone in our course basically to submit some, something creative. Um, and we edited that together. Now it's very different to what Sonder is. Yeah. Um, that was literally like, the, everything was like collaged and like we did everything by hand. Um, Which I think is what we originally thought Sonder was going to be. Like we were generally like, 
we know people who write stories sure we'll just have our friends submit their stories to us and we'll you know staple some sheets together yeah <laughs> and, and then it's because we worked in book distribution that we knew a lot of people in production they were like oh are you having it stocked in bookshops are you getting it in isbn how what kind of binding are you doing and we were like oh my god we've never thought about this kind of stuff before so that's, that's, that's where why. the areas come in where yeah. you're like what that's yeah. what it takes yeah. Yeah. yeah you know and you kind of don't realize it yeah um so what kind of skills would you say you've learned since setting it up or what areas of publishing a magazine have you learned in the oh, last okay. uh, <laughs> well i i have been really enjoying the kind of production and design side of it um and editorial as well like it's it's fun picking submissions and it's fun kind of yeah spotting spotting their worth and wanting to home it like that's a nice reward for us um but what i also really love about it is meeting people and giving people an opportunity to submit their work and mm-hmm. to get published and it does mean a lot to some of our contributors so it means it it's a nice thing yeah. that's my yeah. favorite thing about Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice yeah no the same when it comes to like um people who submit and our contributors and stuff it's always fantastic and even after yeah. we've picked our contributors they're just so they're like our friends then afterwards it's so funny like I they're so supportive yeah. like they're actually so supportive and we're like do you know we yeah. it makes us feel great because we get to give them a voice then and get a give them a place to um like put their work out basically um because we're really for kind of like new voices really that's what we Mm -hmm. publish quite often so it's really nice and then yeah afterwards like there's people from our first issues who still today retweet everything we do always say really nice stuff about us online and we're just like thanks yeah Yeah. every time we're like oh she's back or he's back or like you know it's really nice Some of the writers who are featured in this issue, Indulgence, have kindly shared a reading of their pieces with Let's Talk About the Arts. Here is Luke Power reading his short story, The One Comes. Luke has been published with Sander before in issue two, and Sinead and Orla are very proud to have him again. The man who came with the snowy white chicken had a face like porridge. His clothes were ragged, yet he held himself with great dignity a kind of noble set to his shoulders and brow. Take this hen and let her lay as she will, and there'll be another of these when I return, he told Ryan, who took the small gold coin and assured him the hen would be kept in good health. Ryan wondered where he'd spend such a valuable coin, putting it behind a loose brick in the shed wall so he could ponder it. He was content to keep the hen. After all, he had cattle and sheep, so what was a hen? Sarah, his wife, went at once to the market to buy feed, and Ryan tossed it in the yard. The hen seemed happy enough, pecking and trucking around as hens do. She was truly an astonishing shade of white. She glimmered in the weak autumn sun. Joseph, Charlie and Nora were captivated. Daddy, can we play with it? Can we play with her? Ryan explained that this was a special hen, and it would be best if they didn't, thinking of the second gold coin. Sarah roundly chastised him and told the children that of course they could play with her, provided they were mindful of her beak and claws. But the hen wasn't violent, even if she was somewhat indifferent to their efforts to get her to play. Sam wasn't happy with the new guest, but he was a well-trained sheepdog and left her well alone. By the end of the week, there were six snowy white hens in the yard. I had no idea they hatched and grew so quickly, observed Sarah, who was leaving for the market to buy more feed. Nor I, said Ryan, 
who was concerned but hid it, as always. Perhaps that coin was just for buying the damn feed. Well, if every one of those six lays as quickly as the first. She didn't finish the sentence. By the end of the following week, there were almost fifty snowy white hungry hens in the yard. But there's no rooster, said Sarah, exhausted from shoveling chicken droppings and putting out bags of feed. They ate like pigs. It must be a special breed, said Ryan. Sam, the sheepdog, was growing increasingly disturbed and would no longer go out to the yard without much prompting. Two days later, the grey man returned and expressed delight at the rate they were growing, but told them he couldn't take them yet. I must leave them with you, he said, but you're doing a fine job. A fine job indeed. They cost a fortune to feed and they're becoming more work than the cattle, said Ryan, his voice low and angry. He was exhausted, for he had stayed up all night searching for where they were laying. He found no eggs. The grey man's awful, noble face wrinkled in regret, and he produced two more gold coins from his pocket. And twice that when I return again, he promised. The snowy white hens continued to procreate, and suddenly, for no reason Ryan or Sarah could decipher, they grew terribly violent. They began to cluck incessantly, all of them, all the time. They pecked repeatedly at any exposed flesh when Sarah and Ryan went out to them. They almost took Nora's eye out, and one afternoon, perhaps ten days after the grey man's second visit, they killed the dog. Ryan decided they could not risk going into the flock for Sam's corpse, and so it was left there to rot. The hens did not eat it, but continued to peck around eating prolific amounts of feed. The humming of flies joined the chorus of clucks. Ryan announced it was no longer safe for Sarah to go outside. He went quietly to the market in the dark of night and waited hours for the traders to arrive. It was wondered aloud why Ryan was buying enough grain to feed hundreds of hens. The grey man returned the second time, and he walked unmolested through the flock, like a cadaver gliding through the fluffiest clouds. Ryan swore at him, threatened him with violence, showed him the wound beneath Nora's eye, pulled up his sleeves to demonstrate his arms which had taken the appearance of raw slabs of meat. The grey man shook his head sadly. It is not yet time, he said. Soon, my friend. And he gave Ryan ten gold coins, an unimaginable sum, and Ryan acquiesced. Three days following that, the awful clucking ceased. Ryan dared open the door to look out, and the sea of cotton was still and silent. They all looked to one thing, a single, handsome black rooster standing five feet from Ryan and staring intently at him. Ryan almost cried with relief, and when Sarah reluctantly came outside, she sobbed. The children wondered if this meant they could meet their friends again. It did, she said. It did. The grey man came back for the third and final time, permitting himself a small smile as he walked up to the yard. He noted the meadow of white feathers swaying gently in the wind, and he noted the gore. Blood-stained down drifted strangely in the air, for there was a strange wind that day. He stood in the centre of the yard and waited. The front door to the house was open. Unsavoury ripping and tearing noises drifted out. After five minutes heavy with anticipation, his patience was rewarded. 
from the open door the black rooster came trotting. He entered the yard, skirting around Ryan's bloody and still form as he did so. The blood was nearly invisible on his ebony plumage, but by any measure he was a noble creature. The bird halted and regarded the grey man. Come then, said the man, a smile on his dried lips. Let us go to our work. I would I would feel similar to you guys, like the guests that I've had on. You form this strange bond through the kind of like creative process, like for me, just that hour. But like I do like pre-interviews mm. and pre-chats. And it's interesting, like you stay in touch with people and you follow their careers and they kind of follow you and you kind of create this relationship through a creative process, which is kind of what art is all about, is yeah. bringing community together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And know? I think that was as well, like thematically what we wanted to achieve with Sonder. Do you know, like Sonder means like the realisation that everyone, that each passerby is a life as complex as your own. Yeah. So it's all about individuality and how we interact with each other. And I think we were also really for accessibility when we set up Sandy. Like we didn't want it to seem exclusive to new writers because okay. often like it can be quite off-putting or intimidating to to put your work out there or to go yeah. to launches and interact with other writers. Um, so that was like our biggest, I think our biggest achievement with Sandy yeah. is that we managed to make people feel comfortable. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we clearly don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. We're I absolute l- messes. So. <laughs> uh, well, not what you're presenting in front of me. So I don't believe that for a second. I'd love to know, because I was looking at the submissions today. Yeah. Um, Not to submit, but to be like, okay, I'm going to like, I want, I was wondering when I was looking at it, and all the writers, like, yes, some of them I didn't know and there was new stuff. And you guys sent me some clips of some of the contributors that are going to be in the next issue, which we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. But when you guys sit down to pick the contributors or what are you looking for? Like, what is it? Like, are you looking for particular things within the issue? Or is it that you're like, I want this style of writing, that style of writing? Do you get drawn towards your personal likes or do you have to kind of open your mind and be like, must remember readers were like this, this and this. Like, Mm -hmm. what's the kind of process of sitting down and going, this is what I want to find for this issue? I think we just, we just look for things that make us, that stay with us, I suppose. Like memorable pieces. And I think if it's going to resonate with us, there's a high chance it re- it'll resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Like we're definitely not the only two who would spot, who would see it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I rarely have the readers in mind though. <laughs> when I'm picking a piece, I'm just like, I think this is really good. So surely other people will. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably very nice. Sometimes that can be a really positive thing because it takes away the pressure. Yeah. Like if I had my listeners in mind, I wouldn't be present in what the person is saying. Yeah. So if you had your readers in mind, maybe you wouldn't actually be focused on what the content is making you feel. Yeah, you it know? is Orla will spot though if a lot of pieces are about the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's sometimes like, well, the way that we do our issues is we usually have a theme with each of them. So for example, yeah. like issue five was Indulge, issue four was Glorious based on a winner of the morning coffee writing competition. So when you have a specific theme, a lot of the themes of the writing that we get in are very similar. So sometimes stories can seem very like samey and it's just the subject matter that they're writing on. And it's just kind of that's the hardest part for me is like picking the best one out of things that are very similar, Mm, you know, 
Um, like with secrets, we had yeah. a few submissions about affairs, and we were like, okay, we can't have too many pieces about affairs. Affairs, yeah, because yeah. it'll that the, the theme is that affair, you know? Yeah. yeah, rather than secrets. So it's just kind of picking out that and seeing also what people. Um, sometimes it's interesting to see what people do with the theme that we put out. Yeah. And so you don't really, you know, some people are very obvious about like wanting to use indulge in their piece, and then there's others you're kind of like. Oh, that was interesting the way that they chose to they chose go to at this perceive thing. it, yeah. 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 What really spooked me about this issue, so the theme was indulged and we got a few pieces about cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> and we were publishing oh. one of them, two of yeah. them. Yeah, one or two, I think, yeah. Yeah, we were like, oh my God, what's going okay. on in your mind? People went dark over the last year. <laughs> we're like, right. what are you indulging Well, it has on? been a difficult 18 months, so yeah. you know. <laughs> People are finding their own way to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I no, I love Army that Hammer idea. Scandal helped a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea of picking a theme, and it kind of ties in. And I don't know if you'd agree with me here, but it ties in with you guys give the theme, people put in their submissions, and Big Sonder is kind of individualism. It's almost like here's the theme. Let's see how individual everyone can be. Yeah. Was that a planned thing, or is that something you would agree with? I guess I don't think it's something that we planned, but I guess it is something that has happened because yeah. Sonder obviously there will be pieces that we'll read sometimes and be like, that's not Sonder. Do you know? Yeah. It's gotcha. Um yeah, sometimes you read something and like either they haven't read the submissions or they just don't get Sonder in whatever way or yeah. they haven't looked at the theme. So I guess yeah, I guess you're right then in that way, is that like it does just happen where people kind of go in at the theme in their own way and it just worked out that yeah. way, which is fantastic, you know. Um, yeah. And I think it's a real test of some people's writing as well to be able to maybe it puts them outside their comfort zone and they get Definitely. a chance to write about something they might not necessarily yeah. have thought of before. Yeah. It's very interesting. I recently did a creative writing course mm -hmm. and we were given themes and um, we had to write within the theme, but write it as a personal story and creative writing and all. And I wouldn't consider myself a writer, but it's something I enjoy to do in my spare time. And I saw identity and I was like, that's it, identity, done, love it, I'm all about identity. And then I was like, what the hell do I write about? <laughs> so yeah. almost getting a theme sometimes, like you resonate with it and you go for it and then you sit and you're like, I've n like I have no idea what to write. But for some reason it's resonating with you. Mm -hmm. So then you start like being like, okay, I have to find it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool that you throw a theme out there to see what writers then kind of come back at you and go, okay, I have something to say. Yeah. Even if it would, like me, take a while to be like, well, I need to sit with this for a better week. Mm. I think I wrote the piece like the night before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no idea what to do. Well, sometimes you can overthink it as well. Yeah, you know, oh, like, 100%. All of our writers definitely have pieces just sitting around waiting to be submitted. And the thing about the theme is that it's so open to interpretation. So if someone's piece that they've already written could be inter like could fit this theme like they're yeah. welcome to submit it they don't have to write something new but um but it is i think people can overthink it but you're right like if it resonates with you then there probably is a story there to be told exactly mm. even if it the story's not coming to mind but it's sometimes nice you need to draw it out to focus on that mm. being like what is it about that word and um, before we jump into issue five i would love to just spend a little bit more time on the word sonder mm -hmm. why sonder where did that come from? Like on your website, I was like, never heard of this word. And I think it was written like, it's not a made up word. Like yeah, I promise yeah. that you must get that a lot. But I've never heard of it, but it has so much depth to it. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, this is really embarrassing because I used to I used to use a personal blog and it was the name of my blog. Cause I had, okay. I had, you can't find it anymore. But um, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but um, I think I'd seen it on like a BuzzFeed article and I was like, that okay. looks really nice. And like, I made I her give it to yeah. us. Because <laughs> then when we were trying to brainstorm what we wanted it to be about and we were just like, we want it to be something that everyone can relate to. Like we yeah. want it to be about people. And it was the only word that we kept coming back to, mm-hmm. which we'd only heard of because because I chose it as my blog. Yeah, and then I was okay. like, oh, I really love the name of your blog. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And like really <laughs> subtly yeah. at first and by the end, really yeah, passive really, aggressively. I, like, I mean, that would be a great name for a magazine. Like. <laughs> it's definitely better for the magazine. <laughs> I love it. It's such an interesting, intriguing word. And like, it almost like from, I wrote down the... The definition, mm-hmm. but um, it's already been said beautifully, much better than I could have. <laughs> but when I read it, I read it a couple of times and I was just like, there's so much like values in yeah. that, like indivi- individualism, not judging people, mm-hmm. not judging a book by its cover, not knowing what's going on in other people's lives. Um, there's just so much weight there that yeah. lends to us as people. Yeah, the first issue actually. I'm glad that we did it. We did the way we did it for the first issue because the first issue didn't really have a theme. Then it was just Sonder. Okay. So it was about behind the idea of the word of Sonder. So it was like put yourself in someone else's shoes, basically. Yeah. And that was the whole idea of the first yeah. issue. Well, I mean, that's even what writing is. It's yeah. empathy. Do you know, like it's mm-hmm. putting 100%. yourself in someone's shoes and yeah. being compassionate. Mm-hmm. And like that's what we want to achieve with Sonder is people don't judge other people and people can be on board despite differences yeah yeah um yeah let's talk about issue five which is coming out how did the uh, theme of indulgence or indulge come about i don't know we i think we went was it the color or something that we were choosing oh god is that yeah i think it is actually. okay so we have a different color <laughs> that we put on our social media okay for every issue yellow nice. is our main color yeah it was the color of our first issue and it's one we keep going back to and it's yeah, I don't know why. It's just become our colour. Yeah. And, um, but every issue, if you go through our social media posts and feed, you'll notice each one has a different colour. And this one was purple. Yeah. Um, And we were like, what does purple represent? And we were kind of like, mm. oh, like royalty, richness, kind of. There was another word that we were torn between indulge with. Oh, was it the same meaning? Was it like decadence or something? Decadence or something like that. And then we were like, ah, sure. Yeah. Indulge just sounds like sounds nice it's it sounds a good a word yeah 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 good descriptive word yeah yeah, yeah. exactly we we're like we're gonna get some good juicy stories out of this word. i love that about the color my mom's favorite color is purple as well yeah. and she always gets slagged because we're like oh what are you wearing purple and my sister <laughs> is getting married next year and everyone just said you're not allowed to wear purple today. Yeah. she's literally like what am i gonna wear like <laughs> um what i did want to ask before we jumped into the issue again was your indulgences what do you indulge in? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Love Island. Yes. <laughs> That's our big thing at the moment. Okay, I love it. Yeah. 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 This is my first year watching it, actually. Oh. Yeah, so I was real, like, I was one of those people that was real embarrassed and I was like, oh, I was one of those people that used to slag it the whole time for so long. Yeah. And I was one of the people who talked about it every day. <laughs> and when we were working together in the office in book distribution, it killed me that I had no one to talk about it with because Orla was 
didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I started watching it at the start and then I can't remember what series it was, but I was like, I am not watching this anymore. <laughs> yeah. This is a load of crap. I can't watch it. Like it goes against all my values, <laughs> all my morals. It goes and against all of my morals. <laughs> an absolute stance against it and haven't watched it in years. And yeah. this year we're doing my pad and paper. Yeah. In the office, and mm-hmm. I've just got completely. Oh my hooked. god! You can't I'd not. say it's so much fun to do that podcast, though. Oh, yeah. I would so love to talk crack. about Love Island regularly, like on and just that's what I <laughs> Instead do. Instead of just into us, it's both in the so so chat. Like. <laughs> and Orla is so fab. Go listen to my pod and paper, even if you don't watch Love Island, just go listen to it. She's fab. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about issue five. It's coming out on the sixteenth of September. Um, which is not too far away. Um, tell me a little bit about the process of putting this issue together. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think now. So I I do the kind of design and formatting, which I've just finished. I spent the last few weeks doing that. And then nice. Orla is going to proofread mm-hmm. before we send off to printers. Yeah, and then I will get in touch with the printer. So there's a whole thing. We have our own like roles within we because we've done this is our fifth time doing it now. Yeah. So we know we've kind of fallen into these roles within nice. how it works, which is great because yeah. it's just like there's no like are you gonna do this? Are you gonna? it's like yeah. no <laughs> you do that. <laughs> I'll take it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sinead kinda does the start of the process and then I'll finish it off yeah. by doing the proofreading and uh getting it to printers like and distributing it. Um so yeah, no, it's good fun. It's get it's like this part I think is good, and then we have the launch then on the sixteenth as well. Yes, which because I was looking at your YouTube channel, which is very active, mm-hmm. and there's loads going on up there. So anyone who's interested, like go check out the YouTube channel because it's almost all there. Yeah, to which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But you are doing the launch live on YouTube. Yeah, isn't that right? So tell us a little bit about that event. Well, we actually recorded it a couple of days beforehand. Oh. So we just have a Zoom meeting with all of our contributors and each contributor will do like two to three minutes of their piece. Okay, nice. Um, We usually have a really cringy dance routine at the yeah. start. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, Sinead, courtesy of Sinead over here. It's I like to break the ice. Because <laughs> we honestly get so nervous. And how do so these stressed. like introvert writers feel about that? Oh, they hate us. They absolutely <laughs> hate us especially at the end I usually play like a really cheesy song like Bear in the Big Blue House like or goodbye, something goodbye. and everyone will have to wave at the camera really awkwardly oh my god I can see them like just hanging up 30 going. seconds yeah. I just wanted to write yeah. there's definitely a few people's faces that they're literally they just deadpan and they're just waving <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I love it about the place yeah <laughs> I just I don't know I just think it's nice it's a bonding no, experience yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's nice to make or to try and put a smile on their faces as well because like it's so intimidating having to read your own piece mm. oh my and God, a lot absolutely. of them would obviously be so nervous having to go on to Zoom at all and do it. Yeah. So it's just kind of I don't know to make everyone smile I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if it wasn't in COVID times as well, we'd be doing a launch in person. Yeah. So this is what Sinead has to remind me every time because yeah. I get very nervous about like so Sinead, we both get a bit very nervous as well about of doing course. the zooms, zooms and being on camera and stuff. But like, so it's nice to for them as well because we would usually do it in, like we would want to do it in person usually. Um, so to be able to do it like in a Zoom is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's what and Sinead as well, reminding me. If, it, if it were in person, like we only got to do our issue one launch in person and then COVID happened. Okay. But um, it was, we tried to keep it so fun. Like there were balloons, like we were cracking, well, trying to crack jokes in between <laughs> contributors. 
<laughs> it was more me just saying inappropriate things <laughs> and being embarrassed after. But um, but that's like part of the Sonder vibe, I suppose, that we want it to be fun. We want people to want to show up, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's also nice to not take things so seriously, which I think when you're creating something like that, I know I've I've fallen into this trap at times where I'm like, I must ask the best questions and mm-hmm. I must like, you know, be really serious and get the most in-depth answers and the answers that are going to change. And then like, sometimes you just have to go, oh my God, just have a laugh. Yeah. Like it's literally as simple as just having so much fun. So I love that you bring that energy. It's yeah, well, really, really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth Atkins is a new contributor to Sonder. She is from Tipperary, she works in publishing in London and has a podcast about folk and fairy stories called Unreal Irish Folklore. Here she is reading from her flash fiction piece, The Frozen Girl. The Frozen Girl. They brought the frozen girl in from the lake and they laid her on the table. Annabelle saw the fraud heads at work the hushed and bristling conference. Forgotten in the hurry, she remained sitting in the big armchair beside the fire, her feet barely touching the edge. Annabelle peered hungrily while she still could. A sodden sleeve, a hand, fingers blue and stiff, a slim stretch of leg cuffed by a shoe that had once been buckled. One of the women held up a lock of hair, dark and matted with ice. The frozen girl was unmoving, not even the rise and fall of a chest, the flutter of a pulse on a throat. But the room was not at peace. Shoulders were tensing like drawn bows. Oh, mercy, a woman whimpered, covering her mouth. She's such a little one. The room was dim, but stifling. Fire roasted Annabelle on one side, a leg, a cheek. Moonlight glittered against the steaming window. She watched a woman worry a ladder into her stockings, and a man lift a candle as the crowd bowed their heads as one murmuring prayers so low and fervent Annabel couldn't untangle the words. Slow, watchful, she drew her ankles beneath her and rose unsteadily on the chair arm, hoping to glimpse the girl's face. Annabel, a woman gasped, bustling over. Awake still? Annabel struggled against the arms that carried her. Is she? she asked. Never you mind, was the inadequate answer. Can you save? Wait until the morning, child. Wait and see. There had been a girl when Annabel was out on the lake. Too far out where the water roiled menacingly beneath and ice took on a glassy sheen. The crack was shocking. A floor disappeared in an instant. But before the plummet, 
Annabelle felt a hand grip painfully at her shoulder, pulling her, breathless, back to the edge. You all right? The girl looked older than Annabelle, but slighter. Bone-white face, gaunt cheeks, and lips blackened in the frost. A rabbit strung on her belt. You can't trust the ice, the girl continued. Got to watch where you step. There's things that push you in and pull you down. There are wolves in these parts, the girl said, licking her lips. And other things, cold things, things that would tear your throat out and drink your blood. She said it with a swagger. Annabelle shivered. You don't need to be afraid, the girl said, but you need to be wary. That's what my dad says. It's just their nature. She paused, eyeing Annabelle. Your folks up here? Yes, Annabelle whispered. We come up to hunt when it freezes over, the girl said. We're camped a ways back. She blew on her fingers. We caught a deer near here once, coaxed it onto the lake with nuts, and let the thin ice do the work. Took nearly all of us to drag it back out. They looked up to where the moon had made its quiet appearance. Getting late, the girl said edgily. Want to catch another rabbit before dark? You should get back to your folks. Thank you, Annabelle said softly. But the girl drew a finger to her lips. She stole away, lightly, over the hissing ice. Chest echoing, Annabelle watched her leave. She woke, clutching at the bedsheets the girl's face cold behind her eyelids, crept into her clothes, then moved silently to the other room. The table there now, save a burned-out candle and a bowl filled to the brim. The frozen girl was gone, and the air was looser, easier to breathe the fire heat no longer so intense. They emerged from their seats in the shadows, stroking throats, wiping lips. You did well yesterday, Annabelle. Offer up your thanks. Annabelle bowed her head, though her thanks was already given. They smiled, satisfied. We saved some for you, a woman said softly. It's not much. She was so small. Bound to have kin, a man muttered. They'll come looking. We won't be waiting long. The vivid liquid beckoned with sweet methyl smell. And Annabelle felt it. That unquenchable thirst. She lifted the bowl to her lips. 
you very kindly shared, well, some of your contributors very kindly shared some of their pieces that we're going to share on this episode, which I just love. I love sharing a piece of the art on the episode. Mm-hmm. But can you give us a little, a couple of words on what we can look forward to from the issue? Well, with this issue, I think it's like, like we were saying about people kind of having their own imp- interpretations of things. I think there's a lot of, um, you can expect a lot of uh, indulgence. Yes. <laughs> a lot of uh, cannibalism. Standard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there's kind of a creepy vibe to this one. There okay. actually, yeah. I don't know how that came about. I guess it's good for it because it's an autumn issue. Yeah. Which is nice. But um, That's so strange because yeah. I wouldn't go creepy with indulgence. Yeah. Which just goes to show that my perception of the word indulgence is... Would not be creepy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, people have gone dark, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to a great think what else kind of pops up. Yeah, um, yeah, I know, yeah. No, it's not a great <laughs> time. <laughs> like, Reflected in yeah, our art. There yeah, there's a few kind of spooky sort of pieces and otherworldly almost. Mm-hmm. Okay. People obviously indulged their imagination. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And do you guys ever write for the magazine no 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 we kind of made that decision from the start that we just weren't going to put ourselves into it yeah we read yeah. all of our submissions blindly so it would feel oh, really nice. unfair to, to put ourselves in. slide ourselves in there <laughs> yeah be like well you wrote a nice piece but yeah. <laughs> writer but i have a memoir so yeah. <laughs> oh well, it happens to be Sinead whoa <laughs> <laughs> coincidence would, yeah i would love to just like casually slip or a story be like i don't know who wrote it yeah. <laughs> and just see what she said but, but see no. if I don't pick it up in the proofreading process <laughs> <Yeah>. then <laughs> I love that what are your hopes kind of for Sander what do you hope it will kind of turn not turn into I don't like that phrase but what will you hope it will continue to grow as mm-hmm. I think just a community of people a lot of people over the year like over the last two years have like that I have lost touch with in school or for whatever reasons have come back to me and they've said that they started writing or this is their first submission or this is their first publication and it's it's really nice to bring that out of people mm-hmm. and I would just love to continue doing that and to continue giving people opportunities like sometimes we do competitions and workshops um, and it's it's just a good way to create a community of, of new writers and writers yeah. who feel comfortable then submitting to to other places like Banshee or Stinging Fly or further, do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the same thing. I'd like to be a hub for new writers to mm-hmm. feel comfortable coming to and feel like they can be supported and that it's a good place to be and to be proud to be published in Sonder as their first piece, you know? Yeah. Um, and also things like the morning coffee writing competition, I'd love to be a part of more things like that, being able to do what we can, not just for the writing community, but in general, like doing what we can with the platform that we have, whether yeah. that's raising voices for writers or raising voices like to do with the Rape Crisis Centre and or whatever yeah. it is in the future. Like it, it's great to have a platform where we can use it to do stuff like that. So I'd like yeah. for Sonder to be more of that for people. A community-based journal. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. That. And I love the word community because it just keeps popping up in every episode I do when yeah. you're just talking about like, what is art? Mm-hmm. And it was so different like a year ago and now everyone's like, it's it's all about community. It's all and about support, coming yeah. together and support. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the competition that you have tied with this episode as well the morning coffee competition yeah so um it was carol mcgill from morning coffee 
got on to us but we actually ran the competition for its first year last year um and she wanted to run a short story contest to raise funds for the rape crisis center and she just wanted someone to collaborate with on it so submissions closed in june mm-hmm. i think and Carol is going to select a long list, pass it on to us, we'll select a short list and then pass it on to our guest judge, Kevin Power, whose book, White City, came out earlier this year and it's doing quite well. Um, and he will select a winner and the winner will just be published in issue six of Sunday and they'll also get a 20 euro cash voucher. Oh my God, unreal. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I'll enter. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Oh no, it's too late, sorry. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> next year, next year. Maybe next year. But yeah. you're... Did you mention Blackwater writing there? Is there something? Yeah, so yeah. anyone who pre-orders issue five by yes. midnight on the 13th of September is going, or they can opt into a giveaway where they could win a 30-minute Zoom consultation with Jamie O'Connell from Blackwater Writing. Amazing. So they're like a writing resource, basically. He runs workshops yeah. on his website um, and he's a published writer himself and a creative writing mentor, yeah. teacher. And he's a great Instagram page yeah. for yeah, like, he does. you know, actual practical things that you can kind of go, oh, I could put, the, if you're just like an yeah. amateur writer yeah. or someone who wants to break into a more professional scene, mm-hmm. it's just a really great Instagram page, I think. Yeah, he gives really good tips, kind yeah. of editorial sort of advice. Yeah. I, any writer or budding writer should definitely follow him. Yeah. He's very good. We feel very lucky that he wanted to be a part of it. And yeah. Yeah. yeah so pre-order. <laughs> go and pre-order. Go and pre-order. So guys, give us the details. So it's 16th of September is the launch of issue five mm-hmm. live on YouTube. Is there any other details we need to know? Instagram handles, um, your website, where we can get you. It's under Sonder underscore lit. Yes. Is our Instagram. And then it's just sonderlit.com. Yeah. Is our website. So everything is on there. You can pre-order from our website as well. Um, And the pre-orders are open now. And as you're saying, you can opt in for that part of the competition or you can just pre-order if you're not a writer yourself, but you want to just read Sonder. Um, So yeah. Please (laughs) pre-order. Do go and pre-order. Help us. Help us help you. (laughs) (laughs) And submit for the next issue. Issue six. Who knows what the theme will be. I know. I know how exciting. What's the space time that you do them? in so we usually we do them twice a year yeah. so okay nice. yeah we usually once we get our um our launch done we'll usually announce the submissions opening pretty soon afterwards okay great um and then you have um two months to submit yeah yeah two months to submit great from so budding writers keep your eyes peeled yeah. off to the 16th of september yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so much for joining me i was so happy when you said you'd come in yeah. studio to have a chat with me us. Um, Thanks for having us. And I can't wait to read Sonder issue five. Indulge. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> thank you so much to Orla and Sinead for joining me in studio. And thank you to the contributors who lended their talents to this episode. I'm Fergal Curtis, and this has been A Moment with the Arts. <laughs>